Tumbling Saber is proud to present the Luminous Beings Podcast. Deep dive conversations into the heart of Star Wars. Brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Patreon community. Become a powerful friend today and get access to tons of our exclusive and early access audio content at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hey everybody, welcome to the first, the inaugural, the maiden voyage of Luminous Beings. My goodness. There's a funny story behind how this podcast came together. We'll tell that in just a minute. But first, uh, I'm going to introduce the guy who kind of helped make this happen in a big, bad way. Nathan, man, how's it going? It's going well. Happy to finally be here. We've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, we can... Uh... You know, when people say, like, this has been in, in the works for months, we can actually say that. <laughs> this has been in the yeah. works for months. Yeah, yeah it took a long time a to get here, mostly because of me and my uh, my, my extended summer break. But uh, you know what? The the call, like sort of like the saber calling to Ray, this this needed to happen. This needs to get off the ground. we gotta, we got to get after this. And so that's what we're going to do. We're starting this now. Uh, we're calling it Luminous Beings, which is... Uh, the name of the podcast you had uh, it's been a couple years right yeah it's been two or three years now I'm not sure two or three yeah uh, I started the podcast Luminous Beings and you know life happened <laughs> so had to call it quits on that one but I've been looking for a way to revive it and bring it back to life and uh, it seemed like a, a perfect place to do it. it seemed like a good pairing big fan of uh, Tumbling Saber and what you guys do, so happy to be associated with you guys now. Yeah, I'm, I'm super glad you're here. You're one of the, you're one of my go-to people for Star Wars knowledge and intel. Like, if I need, if I don't have the name of a species or a ship name or whatever, I can, I know, I always know I can ask Nathan, because it's, you're going to have the answer. I don't need to go to Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, You've got I try. Yeah, I mean, you, you're a huge consumer of, of Star Wars content, and, and of course, your insights are, are super appreciated, which which leads us to here. And and the way this podcast came together is very funny because I was I was talking to Corey via DM, and it was during this summer malaise in Star Wars where there was just nothing going on. It was I think it was post celebration, well before D twenty three, months before D twenty three, and it was it was not gonna lie, it was it was tough to put together a podcast. And so if, if you didn't have a bunch of listener questions to answer, you needed to have something else to talk about. And I was getting near the bottom of a barrel of things that I could dredge up. I was just hitting this creative wall and I couldn't think of anything. So Corey and I are, are just getting into this conversation and I get a DM from you. And you're like, I have an idea. And fast forward to now and here we are. But it's strange how sometimes things happen when you need them to. So your your ti- sure. the timing on how this came together is both hilarious and super uh I don't know what the what the word is fortuitous fortuitous for sure. So I'm I'm glad you messaged when you did. It gave us time to uh put some grounding to the show and and come up with a list of what I think are going to be some fun solid topics. 
Uh, but basically what we're going to do on this episode, or not this episode, but all episodes of, of Luminous Beings, is just get into a single topic. Something that we wanted to get off our chest, uh, a question that we have. Sometimes we're going to take questions from our powerful friends, and we'll turn that into an episode. Uh, but we're just going to do a single topic and spend, I don't know, a half hour, 35 minutes on that single topic uh, and call it a day. And the, the plan right now is to do a couple of these per month. If they're enjoyed, we'll do more if we can. Uh, if we And of course, if, we, if, if we're just having a riot doing this, you know, the more likely it is that we're going to do more of them. So um, I don't know. Do you have, do you have anything else to add to any of that? Yeah, just be prepared for things to get goofy, for things to get serious. I mean, things could, you know, be in universe or out of universe. I mean, we're really not limiting ourselves to what topics we'll discuss, but we want to kind of get specific with the topics and drill down on some of the ideas and really dissect the guts out of out of these topics that a lot of times when you're doing the main show you don't get a chance to um really dig in as much as you might like because you've got so many other things to get to especially around times like right now when there's so much news and so many different things happening all at once yeah exactly you try yeah you try to you can you can drill down on on a few things but miss out on others or just you know try and touch on everything as as thoroughly but quickly as you can and right. uh, that can be challenging. So we, you know, it's nice to give yourself that opening, like we're going to do here, uh, to to really drill down on a topic uh, of our choosing, and of course of our powerful friends' choosings. Uh, but our first episode, we thought it would be kind of appropriate. Uh, well, I mean, this this is your topic, so I'll let you introduce it. It's it's sort of a a, a retrospective into the old EU. So why don't you, why don't you give us the, the quick rundown of what we're talking about? Yeah, well, a few months ago, it was uh, the five-year anniversary of the birth of the new canon and sort of the putting away of the old extended universe, expanded universe. Oh, I got to watch myself there, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Hashtag bring back legends. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been five years, and obviously um, that canon, the old canon, holds a very, or I should say, the old canons, because as we know, there were <laughs> several different layers and and tiers and that kind of stuff to that. Very complicated stuff. But, even, even the answer to, is it canon, is complicated. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> but um, we thought it'd be fun to sort of look back at that and kind of compare that to the... Disney canon, um, sort of compare and contrast, see what's different, see what's the same, um, what are things that we like better, what are things that we don't like as much, what are, you know, just a general discussion, and kind of take a step back and see where we are and where we came from. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, I guess a good place to start is maybe going over where we started with and when we started with that old EU, like for myself, like I did not like when, when the, the air quotes dark times took over star Wars in the mid eighties to you know mid nineties, I was, I, I love the OT and I, I watched it over and over. And that for the most part was my star Wars. And I remember seeing uh, dark empire comics on the shelves. Uh, I remember when Zon's trilogy came out and I was just like, yeah, that's cool, but I'm not reading that. Until, um, I think it was 
maybe 94, 95. It was when the, the one last time VHS set came out, which sort of drew, drove me into overdrive, put me back into the fast lane with Star Wars. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read that, those, those novels. I'm kind of done with comics. I'm, I'm a, I'm a middle teen now. Damn it. I need novels. <laughs> so I, I jumped into those, devoured them and, and well, actually that's a, that's a lie. So I, as a kid, I did read some of the, uh, the strange Marvel comics as well. <laughs> but you know, I was seven or eight years old. So, you know, the wackier, the better then. But I got into, I, I got into the Zon trilogy, uh, True Sepakura, Crystal Star, the Courtship of Princess Leia, you know, Rogue Squadron, Dark Saber. And I'm, I'm mostly from that era. That was my EU. Because what, once, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but I quit Cold Turkey at Vector Prime when I learned that they'd kill Chewbacca. Like I was like right. that. I'm like that meme of table flipping. I was just <laughs> irate. I just stomped out of the room. I took my ball and went home. No more EU. So I, I right around that time was was sort of the last expanded universe book that I read. So I mean that's that's sort of the Cole's Notes version of my life in the EU, and I for the most part I enjoyed it. We'll drill into that. But what about you? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the EU either. Um, I think Vector Prime was actually the first, the first EU novel I read. <laughs> you jumped in where I left off. Oh man, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I, I mean, I'd never read Air, you know, the, the Thrawn trilogy. So like, I'm coming in and it's like everybody's got kids now, and like you said, Chewbacca's dying, and I had no idea what was happening. Had none of the backstory. I also read. Uh, it was one of the one of the novels in the Han Solo trilogy, but I don't think it was the first one. Oh right, yeah, the Brian Daly books, right? Yeah, it, 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 I think I. Smug, smu- uh, yeah, I forget what it's called. I can't remember now, but I, I I think I picked it up in like a used bookstore when we were camping. Yeah. On a family camping trip or something, and I read it then. And I, I again, had no idea what was going on. Found out that, you know, huts were, <laughs> you know, a hut reproduction and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is more than I bargained for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting weird. It's get, it, when it, I paid well, the $1.99 for this book, I did not figure i would find out how sex uh, huts reproduce <laughs> but there i was <laughs> I, I also i you know going way back uh splinter of the mind's eye was was also on the list of things i read which was the at the time Wait. the sequel to empire strikes back if there was going to be one and that was a strange book Oy. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, yeah, I, there might be a lot of Oy, in this episode <laughs> be forewarned <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I've read some of the comics. Uh, I really liked Knights of the Old Republic, and I I loved uh, the the video games, Knights of the Old Republic video games, uh, the mm. first and the second one. I played those as when I was younger, as a teenager. Uh, so I really got into the comics of those as well. But um, well, those those old video games they did provide sort of. Another vein of EU storytelling, and I oh definitely definitely I completely was not involved with those except I mean yes I played Pod Racer, um, oh, I played, so good I played some of the movie uh, the Phantom Menace movie adaptation, but I didn't I wasn't into like a lot I wasn't into the any of the uh, 
Old Republic games have, uh, in any way. Because by that point, I had turned full snob, and I was only interested <laughs> in, in George Lucas's canon. Because at least at, at that point, prequels were, were well under underway or even done. And so yeah. I was only interested in what George had to say. So I was out on Dark Horse comics, video games. Uh, the only, I guess the only EU video game that I played that tied in a big way into the movies was Bounty Hunter, which I, to this day I still love. Yeah, I, that, I've never played that one, but I've I've heard it's really good. It's yeah. I mean, now I I, I watched a playthrough of it not too long ago. It's it of course it ages poorly, but there's there there's still some I think cogent points or, or plot points that went through that game that if they were resurrected in new canon, that would be pretty cool. Bando Gora sounds like a very cool Star Wars gang. <laughs> you know, we got to visit that moon of Bogdan. So it, it all, it all kind of lines up. Yeah. I, I should try to play it. I mean, I'm a huge Dooku fan. So any new Dooku content, I would love anyway. Yeah. A Legends lot of, are a not. Lot of, uh, a lot of Dooku hologram, but he does, he does make an appearance later in the game. And I think there, there's a like a Sith dark side type witch, which I in my brain, like when I think back to it, I'm like, oh, it was a Saj, but it wasn't. Mm. It's it's it totally wasn't. But I wonder if that person served as some kind of inspiration for a Saj Ventress. I can't remember her could name. Could be. At all. I I think a Saj started in the comics, but it could have been, you know, all around the same time. I'm not sure exactly when she first appeared, but yeah, there seemed to be. I mean. In the pre, uh, you know, the, the the lead up to Phantom Menace, they they did have the idea of Sith witches on their mind, so that yeah, I think the definitely. idea of that filtered in through to many different places, for sure. Well, I, I and remember... George was always more interested in the uh, comics and the video games more than he was in the the novels, anyway. And oh yeah, that, that that's a thorny topic. <laughs> 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 there's a th- I, I you know every couple of months i see that topic come up did george care or not and it, it's it's not a binary answer well i'm putting my foot down he didn't give a crap i think in the end he's just like whatever like tell the story you want to tell he only cared insofar as the things he didn't want them to do <laughs> don't kill luke yeah kill well he said kill anakin but yeah, there's, can, there's certain uh, things you couldn't, couldn't do, Sorry. but I, I yeah. think people who agree think that George Lucas cared go, yeah, but he approved it. Um, mm-hmm. No, he approved it insofar as, yeah, go ahead and publish it. Doesn't mean he likes it. Yeah. Like, he's on record as saying he does not like Marriage Aid, for example. And he's on record yeah. as saying, I don't pay any attention to that. Like, he he's not, he never held himself to any of those stories that were told. And that's, that's sort of what made me step away from that, because if it's not, his not to say there's no merit to those stories but i mean i was always interested in george lucas's star wars yeah so why are you talking about disney star wars kyle i know but back then it was the single creator i was more interested yeah. in his version of star wars yeah and if, if he wasn't interested then my interest was also very limited but still i i mean i did have some good times with those old eu novels yeah, there, there were some rocky times, but um, I, I almost, sometimes I want to revisit some of them because w- one of them that played directly from the minutes after Return of the Jedi was was Truce at Bakura. And I remember reading that book and being absolutely bored to tears. <laughs> I think I was maybe 16 or 17 reading that. 
I just wanted some badass action. That's all I wanted then. <laughs> and you didn't get a ton of that in that book. But what you did get is something that now, today, I would probably really dig. Because the moments I loved as a kid that were my favorite aren't necessarily the ones that I still love today as my favorites. But you got uh, Vader and Leia and that relationship and how she mm-hmm. would, like he I think I, I even believe Force Ghost Anakin sort of presented himself to Leia and tried to apologize and, and make up with his daughter. And she's just like flipping him the bird. Mm-hmm. Like she, I'll never forgive you for, for what you did. And it that to me, that was just like even it was cool then. But I think I'd really enjoy that now. So maybe that's a book to revisit at some point. Mm-hmm. But some books, I think, get universally panned. <laughs> like yeah. courtship of Princess Leia, which is was painful <laughs> then, and I, yep. from what I've heard, is still absolutely agonizing today. Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's well, and that's the thing. It's a lot of the fondness for these books, and I'll say even even we'll look back on a lot of the Disney books that are coming out now. A lot of the fondness for those things come from, obviously, nostalgia. It's it's not so much quality. It's sort of the place where you are in your life when you read them. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like you said, you pro- like Trusa Pakura, you know, you might enjoy it now. You didn't at the time. That's the thing. If Take Bloodline. If I read that as a teenager, I might be bored to tears. I would have thrown it back at the person who got it for me. Yeah, it's like Han Solo and Princess Leia aren't living together and blah, 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 blah. And this is too much politics. About, even though, although I'll say that probably wouldn't be true in my case because I mean, I'm a prequel kid and I absolutely love politics in Star Wars. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and, and thinking about jumping to the new canon for a sec, just like the, the Aftermath novels. As a teenager, yeah. I would have been thrilled with that. And I, I yeah. don't know how much I would have paid attention to the marketing. Nick, now, now is deeply entrenched with social media and just fandom as a, as a whole and podcasting. I knew everything about everything that was available to know about Aftermath. I knew it before I read it. So I knew yeah. that this was not the extended adventures of Han, Luke, and Leia. But teenage yeah. well, me that... probably would have assumed it was. And so when I read it and I get John Borrell and uh, mm-hmm. Jay Samari... Yeah, and Nora Wexley and and Snap, I probably mm-hmm. would have been furious. I probably I would have felt ripped off. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the other difference too is we're not reading these things in a vacuum anymore. That's right. right? Like like everything is shared. Everything is you know you read these things in a community, whereas you know fifteen years ago. You were reading them, and then that's it. You put it on the shelf, and then you probably thought about it to yourself. But unless you were going on to forums and that kind of thing, which I wasn't, you know, you you weren't experiencing that. Yeah, absolutely. I when I when I was really I, for and for a good I would, I would say maybe three four years, I was devouring those EU books. But it was it was me in a silo. Yeah. I'd read the book put it on the shelf, read the book, put it on a shelf. I was not sharing it with anybody. Even Corey, who yeah. I shared all, always shared Star Wars with, 
we didn't really discuss the books. Like once I finished with it, I'd pass it over to him and he might may or may not have read it. I don't even know. That's how little we discussed the books. Yeah. And I think I think he's he owns all all those old legend books now. But <laughs> uh yeah, some good I mean hit and miss like anything. I mean, your mileage may vary on on any piece of fiction like that. But I I look fondly on that era of of the EU. And I guess it's my own bias that in the years after, when you got guys like Revan and uh, Bane and I'm sure, like Malik and Malgus and the list goes on. Darth uh, yeah. Treya, is that another one? Yeah. It seemed the, the focus on, you know, uh, quote unquote badassery and just, just taking things to the extreme and just making things like, what's, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. But it, it, one-upping the last idea. Yeah, just like yeah, just just amping it up and, and it, it I, I again, culminating without... in Star Killer. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Just like the 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 almost like wish fulfillment, the power trips, the power fantasies. It felt more to me like like the EU was going in that direction. Yeah, and I at that point I was like, well, now it just sounds to me with that it's getting stupid. Like yeah. Now I have no interest, period, if that's what's become of it. And it's I feel bad in saying that because a lot... For, first of all, I, I didn't read the story or, or watch the story or play the story. So I don't know for sure. So why am I saying the, having these really uh, you know, entrenched opinions on something mm-hmm. I haven't read? But yeah. I, 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 I have seen, had those opinions validated in some by some people who I trust. And in some cases, it's being like, no, no, give it a chance. Okay, fine. Maybe I will one day. Yeah. But it, it seemed it it feels like the old EU kind of lost the plot a little bit in in some ways and stopped feeling like Star Wars. But that being said, you know I, I'm I think there are some books that are maybe universally loved. I think the the Kenobi book. Like I think John Jackson Miller was that his? Yeah. I think that's a universally loved book. Did you read that one? Yeah. No, I haven't. That that and Plagueis. They're, th- those are two books that I keep meaning to get back to mm-hmm. and read, finally read. But of course, we keep getting new books, <laughs> so I never yes. get a chance to get back to them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I keep wanting to go back to, to those two books, which I think are across the board seen as, as these are good Star Wars stories that could yeah. absolutely apply t- to the new canon. And so I, I do want to go back and, and read those books, but maybe this is the natural point where we uh, segue into into the new canon and, and compare and contrast the two eras. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think the new canon, and of course, again, this is all subjective, but I th- I think the 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 thing I like about the EU, as much as I make fun of it over the over the new canon what i what i like is that they told big stories they got everybody yeah. in the pool and they were telling some big stories big scope stories whereas in in disney the i th- i feel like the the stories for the most part aftermath excluded are smaller uh less consequential if that's a, if that's the right word uh, character driven stories which th- they're not less valid but yeah. i i think they're intentionally perhaps to the detriment of, of the, uh, th- that form of storytelling, uh, leaving some, some good stories off the table because they, of course, with Disney Plus and movies, 
they don't want to tell that story on, on paper. Right. What's your take? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the two eras have very different feels, like the two the two different canons. Like like I said, I didn't read a lot of EU, but I mean Wikipedia, you know. I Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia, so I have a lot of I, you know, a good idea of what a lot of the stories are and the feeling of it and that kind of thing. And they're very like for me, the new canon feels very clean and crisp. Whereas uh, the Legends feels a lot more gritty, kind of like like New Canon sort of the prequels, and Legends is sort of the OT. <laughs> in like it's a weird way that I kind of see it in my mind, like the feel of them. Or uh, I, 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 almost another way to look at it is like the Disney is like Tim Burton Batman. Whereas, like the old EU is is maybe that Christopher Nolan Batman, where it's just it's it's gritty and yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah, rough. Yeah, it's it's the new canon definitely feels very fresh, and uh, as far as the the scale and the scope, yeah, I I I I do enjoy what they're doing. I agree that it would be nice, and maybe we'll see this once the Skywalker saga is concluded. Uh, maybe they'll get a little more bold in their publishing line. But uh, they do tend to focus more on character and the smaller stories and the individual stories of the characters. Uh, where a book in Legends, like you might have got, well, you know, look at uh, the New Jedi Order series. Uh, I mean, that's a war. That series is its own war. Whereas now we would probably get a book that's about a battle in that war, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like and, for example, I think I think Queen's Shadow is is a good example of a good character study of Padme, excellent in right. that regard. But the climax of the book had like her ship being chased by a couple of fighters, and then at the end they fixed a dam. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, all right, which is very very Padme. It's very appropriate to the character, but that would have been an event in a book. Yeah. Like, her story would have been a subplot in a book in Legends, I feel like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Absolutely. uh, But we've gotten a lot of those character studies. I mean, you've got, you know, Ahsoka, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. You know, Rebel Rising, like Queen Shadow, Rebel Rising. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of those, and and they've been very enjoyable. But uh, we've also gotten, you know, the the aftermath series, um, which is a little more, a little larger in scope. We've got Alphabet Squadron now starting. That seems like it's going to be, or, or it has the potential to be a bigger story. So I'm, it'll be it. That's the other thing. It'll be interesting to see where we are. In a year's time, when the Skywalker saga is ended, um, we find out whatever Project Luminous is. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. You know, it's like things could be, you know, Disney canon could look very different uh, when they have the opportunity to sort of expand and, you know, f- even fleshing out um, this new era. Um it could be very different, and we could be singing a very different song. 
But for right now, I will, yeah, I'll agree that it's a much, much smaller in scope. As far as, I mean, you were talking about um, making everything more badass, and that, that's, that's the problem for me, is that I, I never like it when the books or like even Clone Wars did this a little bit and rebels did this a, a bit and I didn't really like it is when the other stuff try to outdo the movies or things in the movies. Like I never want a character in a book to be more badass than Darth Vader. You yeah. Otherwise I mean? like, why wasn't that character on screen? Yeah. Unless, why you know, we of course ma- well, George, you should have made a movie about this guy. You should have made a movie about Revan. If he's so great. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know what? If, they may be doing that <laughs> if we're to well, believe the rumor mill. Well, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like, I don't know. Trying to outdo Darth Vader seems like, I don't know, you're trying too hard. Just <laughs> Well, that, I think that's a problem that, that sort of extends beyond just the scope of, of printed novels or, or comics. That, that's also a, that could also be a movie problem. Like when you look to yeah. Ryan Johnson's trilogy or even the Game of Thrones guys. They're going to have to bake in their own villains. Are they going to do this guy who, when we see him, oh man, this guy can mop the floor with Vader. Like, is that going to make the universe feel weird? Or is it because, well, it's in a different era, so it doesn't matter. Because we do that anyway. You see it sometimes in Facebook groups where um, they'll say, all right, it's uh, this guy versus that character, Yoda versus Revan, who wins? And it's... Mm -hmm. I mean, who's who's going to beat Yoda aside from Palpatine? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell me that Revan's going to beat Yoda. Don't, just don't. Because <laughs> if he's if yeah. if that's the case, then you know, either they made it. There, there's a, a a not a problem with the character, but you you're we're going to have this disconnect on screen at some point where I, characters from one era are going to feel either too leveled up or, or down based on what's to come. And yeah, it's, it's going to be weird to have, like, I think they're going to have to set that standard somewhere and then use that as the barometer for what, yeah. what they can well, do with characters in the future. Well, that's sort of one of the problems that some people have with the prequels is that, you know, the Jedi are so amped up <laughs> uh, in the prequels compared to Luke and Vader and the emperor in the OT. And I think there's a, there's a valid story reason for that. And it's, it's easily explainable, but I mean, you can only get away with that so many times and for so long. Um, it's, 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 it's a fine line, but I, it is a fine oh, line. You've got, you've got me, you've got me stressed about these new movies now. <laughs> Well, we have we have time. We have time. We we have to stress about Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian and all kinds of other stuff first. Yeah. Well, and, and this, but you make a good point. It's it's kind of like, are we going to watch The Mandalorian and come out of it thinking that Boba Fett's a chump? Boba Fett kind of is a chump anyway, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, I know exactly he, what you mean. Is he going to be the new definitive Mandalorian? Is it going to be? Is he going to become more recognizable than Boba Fett? You know. Well, I mean, I would almost agree with that. It, it, I guess it depends because I think when Favreau pitched 
the Mandalorian to Lucasfilm. I I, I want to say this is what happened, but I, it it was talked about recently in 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 and around D twenty three. The Mandalorian was about Boba Fett, and they said, "Great story, mm-hmm. just don't make it about Boba Fett." Yeah, and so I, I, I think the Mandalorian that we see on screen, the the Pedro Pascal character, is going to be almost like a not a Boba Fett clone, but in terms of temperament, skill set, uh, badassery, and and yeah, just the way he conducts himself. I think, for all intents and purposes, it is Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Like if you look at sort of Kylo and Hux, they kind of prove that it can be done. You know, it's they're very much like a Tarkin Vader um, surrogate almost. Like like v- Hux is very much the Tarkin figure. You know, the head of the military, second only to the Emperor Supreme Leader. Um, but he feels very different from Tarkin. He has his own character. He fulfills the same role and even the same station, really, in universe. But he is very different, feels very different. Um, and the same with Kylo. He's very much the Vader of the sequel trilogy. But he still feels very different. He still feels dangerous. You know he's not as powerful as Vader. You know he's not as intimidating. And he, you kind of... You have different feelings about him, but he still feels very dangerous. He still feels powerful, and he still fulfills the even the aesthetic um, purpose of Vader, but still feels very different. And if they can continue, sort of in that on that track, where they sort of, if they need a character that is is essentially a character from one of the other movies they can take that and adjust it enough so that it's still very different you know what i mean yeah no fair that that is a that's a fair point too uh what books like catalyst you know Mm -hmm. like books that that closely tie into a movie i think versus a book say like like the ahsoka novel or phasma (laughs) phasma as another example books that kind of just float here's yeah. here's a book about that character it doesn't really inform anything about the movies it doesn't and en- doesn't really enrich the movies it just speaks to the character yeah. um i i get more of a kick as a guy who who really thrives on on connectivity and and making other things better like a book like catalyst makes rogue one better to me and even yep. it even makes it even makes the prequels better with a little bit of those callbacks. Yeah. And I I wish we would see more of that in the canon. Even like even if they wanted to do another Rogue One book now, mm-hmm. it would it would I would gladly accept it. I know we're past Rogue One, but if they wanted to revisit that era with a book, of, you know, um, a Cassian Andor book, that that's probably going to come at some point as as we warm up for the Cassian Andor series. I, I will be excited to read that because it hopefully will inform Rogue One and it will it, it will make the series better, or maybe mm-hmm. it comes as a comic series. Either way, I'll I'll read it. Yeah, I definitely want more of books like Catalyst and and um, Shattered Empire was another great one. That was a genius idea. You know, uh, it was far enough away from Force Awakens that they didn't have to worry about 
and it didn't really tie in Force Awakens. It was it was more of a Return of the Jedi tie-in, but it did enhance Return of the Jedi for me. Like like knowing what happened on Endor after, and I like I like the uh, it's sort of the trope we've been getting through a lot of the books. We got it in Alphabet Squadron and Lost Stars. Lost Stars is another one that really enhances, helps enhance the movie stories for me. But yeah. uh, the the trope of uh, telling the stories um, of characters that were at the events of the movies that we never saw, like Nora Wexley in her Y-Wing at, at Endor, you know, that kind of thing, or... Or uh, the characters in Lost Stars worrying uh, that each other were killed or in the Death Star battle, whatever. That kind of stuff. Even the um, Battlefront 2, the Inferno Squad book, tying into the video game. I mean, that was that was fantastic. I mean, it tied into the video game. It tied into Rogue One with Saw and the Partisans. It tied into uh, New Hope, you know. It's 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 very. I mean, we'll probably have a longer discussion about um, canon in another episode, but that cohesion when they make it work, and well, I wish they would make it work a little more often. Yeah, but when it does, it it enhances the movies in a way that, especially legends didn't really have the opportunity to do. I mean, a lot of times, Legends was in conflict with the movies or in conflict with Clone Wars. You know, it's it's a very different relationship that these these new books have with the movies than the old books did. It's a heck of a job to be part of the story group now. Oy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, how do you feel about like a long-running series? Because at least the EU did that at least once or twice. They did it with the X-Wing novels. Mm-hmm. And they did it with, I think, uh, New Jedi Order. Like These were books that had multiple, like six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even a dozen titles of novels. That's yeah. significant. I would, I would like to see that in the new canon. And maybe Alphabet, Squ- I mean, Alphabet, Alphabet Squadron is, is a trilogy, at least planned that way. But I'd like to see them take a stab at that. And I don't, I don't know if they do, are afraid of overcommitting. But I'd like to see them commit to like a, a corner of the galaxy, to this, to a particular storyline, and we get six, nine, twelve novels out of it. Where, where's it, what do you, where's your take on that? I I kind of dis I kind of disagree, but I kind of agree. The way I would I I don't want like a a six or nine book series. Um with a through line story, but I would like to see, uh, characters and stories continue in other series. Like I'd like, if inevitably they'll do a, uh, a series set kind of halfway between Jedi and TFA. Um, I'd like the characters from the aftermath series to show up in that, that this new series, yeah, written by a different author. I'd rather see it done that way, where we can we continue these stories, but they might not be the central focus of the of the book or the the series. Yeah, like I think can, that's more. You, you could have more. Snap and Nora, and 
Mr. And Bones. Jess and, yeah. I mean, they can all show up in this new series. They might be background characters or they might be main characters. But I don't, you know, it could be, it's just 10 years later. And they're still involved. I, I'd prefer that than a long-running, huge event series. I, I think that's probably more what I was driving towards. Just the, the spirit of it. Like, I don't care if, <clears throat> I don't yeah. care if the, there's a, really, I don't care if there's a, title of a book like book nine in the blank series that's yeah that's less of the big deal like like you said like to have characters like where is jasamari she mm-hmm. was fantastic um well, well i can't remember the other guy's name who was just condor uh is that his name uh didn't it start with a v i can't remember but he was absolutely <laughs> hysterical he was delightful yeah those characters have been totally absent since empire's end yeah and like nora wexley seems important not not galaxy shaking important but important enough that she it feels like she could have appeared or have a name dropped somewhere yeah well i mean it, it even feels like they could have had some of those characters show up in in resistance i mean who knows they might <laughs> but like none of those characters even showed up in Alphabet Squadron. Again, they might in one of the uh, one of the sequel novels, but it, you're right. It feels like they use these characters and then they're done. They put them down and they just cease to exist <laughs> once the book is over. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Maybe it's a disservice to the character, but even if like in the Last Jedi, if walking around the background was a gray-haired lady. Mm-hmm. who resembles a certain character we've read before. And then you, you pick up Pablo's visual dictionary and it says, uh, you know, Admiral Captain Commander Nora Wexley. Yeah. And just such a small thing like that. And sure, she probably would have got blown up on a transport. Because <laughs> she probably, I mean, realistically, there's probably not much left for her to contribute at that point. But, you know, that kind of thing. It seems like characters just come and go. And I know it's a big galaxy, but I think there is space to a lot more space to thread these things together. And I, yeah. I don't know why they don't. I wonder if, if it's just because it seems like different authors get their own corner of the galaxy and they stick to their silo. Yeah. You know well, I mean? I mean, you listen, you listen to interviews with some of the old legends authors and even like Tim Zahn and, and people like that, Kevin J. Anderson, they, they talk about, how collaborative it was. I mean, they were, especially when you get into, um, when they were writing uh, New Jedi Order series, how many, was it four or five authors working on that series? And I mean, they were writing, a lot of times they were writing their books concurrently. So you can imagine the amount of communication that was going on. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like, I mean, it, Individually, like it seems like Kevin Scott and Claudia Gray collaborated between uh, Dooku Jedi Lost and Master and Apprentice. But as far as uh, like, like a, there's no long run. There's no main thread. There's no there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of synergy between these different corners of the galaxy. Like Cla- right. Claudia Gray seems to have the Leia portion of the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. um, E.K. Johnston, you know, her books are both very siloed. Uh, it, yeah, it, it feels very much like they'll just have little dots 
on the timeline, but none of them none of them really play with each other very well. And yeah, I hope and that it gets seemed, fixed. It seems like there's a lot of through line with themes. Like like I mean, we've been talking for ages about how um, the force possession of um, these relics and objects seems to be a through line that's been running in through the new canon for the past four or five years. Uh, things like that. Like, yes. um, there better be a payoff for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but that kind of thing, like those themes seem to be through lines, but not characters themselves. Yeah. Like and now, now this, this past week I went back in the aftermath of the D 23 news. And, and of course the rise of Skywalker teaser and, we you know we got that that uh, Imperial Star Destroyer fleet that seems to be parked out in the cosmos somewhere, <laughs> and it's and that right away for those of us who have read the books, you go, I know this, I know this already. Like this, it's a surprise to see it on screen. I love it. Look at that. But you go, yeah. they they've told me about this. They've planted this seed. This is paying off in some small way so far. So I went back and I looked into Empire's End and just if you own the book. Mm-hmm. Read the epilogue of that and just, mm-hmm. and, and then have a smoke. Like, <laughs> wow. Like it makes you feel reassured that yes, there was definitely a plan. There's a bigger plan, but you're right. It's that is for one plot point yeah. that this is, it's not a character through line. It's just an element of, of this overarching story. Yeah. So, I, but I do hope they start threading things together character wise, which, which I mean, I, that brings me to, I guess we'll wind down the show because there is a big project coming and it's called Project Luminous. What what is your what do you want this to be? Because it looks big guys. Project Luminous was luminous beings all along. This is it. <laughs> uh, we're collaborating with Claudia Gray, Charles Sewell, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> what you've heard today is the scripts they wrote for us. How eloquent. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Thanks. Uh, no, I'm, I'm obviously I'm anticipating it. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because everybody involved is fantastic. Um, you know, I, I just finished rereading Soul's Vader run oh. and, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Well, you and I, sorry, this is going to take a, a second. I got, I got to get this in Lord Momin. I've talked about this. I need somebody to either say no, it's 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 wrong, or it has to be. That when when we watch Revenge of the Sith, and mm-hmm. Sidious talks about the power to cheat death is something that only one has achieved. In my brain, he's already like at at that moment in the opera, he already owns that mask. He or he, I think he likely owns that mask already. He's already studied it. He knows Lord Moments in there. He wants to, and he, he wants to know how he did this. I think when we watch that movie, Lord Momin is that guy that cheated death. Mm, no, because I don't think he's cheated death yet, as of Revenge of the Sith. Because he doesn't actually uh, leap into the, anybody's body. Open the yeah, open. He did, well, or maybe not he necessarily did. that, but he hasn't opened the portal to bring him himself through, like he does in the comics. So I I have a feeling that, well, my theory is that Plagueis owned the Moment Helmet, and that's where Palpatine got it. And Plagueis probably used Moment 
um, as sort of a research object in his quest for immortality. That's sort of my where I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Plagueis owned the moment mask, and sort of Palpatine knows that that's sort of part of how Plagueis achieved what he achieved. Yeah, it's 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 tantalizing because now again looking ahead to Rise of Skywalker and some of the rumors out there mm-hmm. you know, with Vader's helmet and the Sith possession thing. It's there. It's it's right there for them to lean on and, and, and implement into the story if, if Abrams and Terrio so choose. But yeah, it, that's an interesting thing. Sorry, side tangent, end of Lord Norman. No. Well, but, uh, I, I, will, to, I, will, to... I will say, wait, I, I gotta say, <laughs> since we're on the topic, <laughs> I will say that at, in Revenge of the Sith, like we've seen in the, or we've gotten hints, especially in the Vader comic and, and in the Plagueis novel, which obviously isn't canon, but... Um, that we suspect that Palpatine created Anakin. He it's something manipulated that was on the manipulated the to create life, blah, blah, blah. But, um, so if, if that is true, then I think that Palpatine already has this power in Revenge of the Sith. I think he figured it out. He's got the mask. If, if this mask is so important to figuring out how to, and again, I'm, I'm basing this on my own theory, but if this mask is so important to figuring out immortality, um, I don't think he would hand it off to Vader, especially Vader at this time, who's still very unpredictable. You know, he wouldn't risk that mask if it's such an important object to figuring it out. So I think he, I think the mask is important to figuring it out. And I think he's already figured it out when he talks to Anakin at the opera. Because he plans so far ahead that I think that, like, I think he foresaw all this stuff that we're seeing now. And, like, his return in the in the uh, sequel trilogy, I think he knew all that in Revenge of the Sith. It'd be, it'd, now, it'd I, be very I have interesting a very to high, make that work. Yeah, I, I have I a very high opinion of Palpatine. But <laughs> I, that's my own that's my own working theory until proven otherwise. Right now, well, he's an absolute evil genius, irredeemably yeah. well, evil. But yeah, I, I hope that whatever reasoning they they come up with for how, and I it, I think this is a thing that needs to be explained. It can, I don't think it just can be hand waved as he's Palpatine. Of course, he survived. I I think we no. do deserve an explanation as to how. Yeah, and uh, did you see that? I think you saw that. Uh, passage from Lords of the Sith I posted in the group a few months ago where Vader is talking about Palpatine and how he can has the ability to see into the future and view he sees time differently than everybody else and that kind of thing I do remember it vaguely but I, that's another book I haven't read yeah I'll, I'll see if I can post it in the group again around the time we drop the episode but uh, it's all very interesting anyway we can move on. <laughs> there we you go, little just... bonus listeners. <laughs> hey, this happened. People who listen to us know that we can uh, sometimes go off on a tangent. That's that's fine. They've expected that from now. Yeah, uh, Project wait until, Luminous. Wait until uh, uh, Sifo-Dyas comes up. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, Project Luminous. What are you What are you anticipating? What are you thinking? You know, I thought I knew. I thought it was going to be. Uh, empire related, but 
I, I just don't. I, I feel like I'm becoming less and less sure about what it is. Yeah, for sure. It's it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is it's it's from a certain point of view applied to Empire Strikes Back. But then the scope of that seemed to be growing and growing, and it was just five authors we're talking about instead of forty. So it, it seems like we're going elsewhere with this, and then. They keep teasing it, and they say, "Oh, it's big. We've did a we did a writers' retreat for this. It's big." Okay, well, well, yeah, and if it's not a big deal, why give it such an inflammatory name? Like you're obviously trying to drive discussion by naming it that mm-hmm. and announcing it as that. So it's and I mean they announced it so far out. Yeah, so far out, and it's you know the just the name like Project Luminous, tying to luminous beings, Empire Strikes Back, the 40th birthday of empires next year. I, yeah. It's it's not far off to suggest it's going to be rooted in empire, but then could the does the scope of whatever it is, if it's just related to that film, it's my favorite of all time. I love it to death. Is it can, does that merit the amount of of secrecy behind it and like that passive aggressive hype that we're, we're pinning to it? Yeah, I don't know. It's... I don't know. They bet, but they bet, it, it better not just be that. It better blow our minds. For those of us who like to read Star Wars. Yeah, and I wonder, I've kind of been wondering if, uh, and I kind of hope this isn't the case because I really want Pack and Noto to continue on, but I kind of wonder if maybe that has something to do with why the main Star Wars title was cancelled. Or is being cancelled. Like, I wonder, uh, I really want Pack and Noto to continue on the series because so far... They've been it's, doing a great job. It's been fun, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know because they're not listed as involved. And but I mean, that, but that's the thing. I mean, even if it, uh, the the authors that we know are involved, they could be just the coordinating committee for this. I mean, there could be other authors involved for all we know. Yeah, you know, this could be just be the brain trust behind the. It could be a huge crossover event. Who knows what it is. But it's uh, whole, well. I, I hope I we get it wait. soon. I hope we get the answer to that soon. I mean, we didn't get it at San Diego Comic Con. I thought that would have been the ideal time to to announce that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they didn't even address it, and I think it became obvious that they weren't going to address it. I think at uh, well, once once we knew the attendees, right? Mm-hmm. We I th- Charles Soule was going to be there, as was I. Mm, There's maybe two or three of the authors involved. Yeah, and well, I want. I wonder if we'll hear more at uh, New York Comic Con because that's what, yeah, that's what I'm it, thinking. October sixth. Uh, yeah, I think that New York Comic Con usually has a uh, more robust publishing panel, sort of. Uh, yeah, October schedule, three to so, six, which yeah, seems like as good a time as any. I mean, that's going to be yeah, right, I mean, in, right in front of Journey. Was, yeah, yeah Journey to. to go. <laughs> Journey to the Rise of Skywalker is going to be kicked off by then, right? Yeah. That's, that's in September, right? Yeah, and that's that's probably when they're going to start ramping it up. So yeah, get get Project Luminous hype going. Resistance will start October 6th. Mandalore or Triple Force Friday will kick off as well. Oh, geez. That, is that next week or the week after? That it's um, I think it's the first week of October, isn't it? No, I think it's in September. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, you might be right. I think they maybe have backed it up this year. In there, uh, aren't they doing like sort of like a split kind of thing where it's going to be in September and then there's going to be like a second 
sort of wave oh, in October November 4th. or something? October 4th. Oh, October 4th. Okay. So it's right around New York Comic Con. So, yeah, maybe the publishing panels at New York will be uh, a little more focused on uh, promoting the Journey 2 line. Well, we can hope. We yeah. can hope. But, I mean, and that's to say nothing of what we already know. We, Jeez, Black Spire came out. You know, it, it's hot off the presses, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Re- uh, Resistance Reborn is is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of big books still yet to come this year. And that's on top of, you know, that's, I, I guess, I don't know if there's any anything else to come that we don't know about. But certainly some announcements for what is to come would be welcome. Yep. Well, that's the thing. They've got the opportunity to do such big things, um, even bigger than the things that that they did in Legends. I mean, the big crossover. What was the big? Was it Vector? Was the big crossover in Legends between the comics and the books? And and of course, they did Shadows of the Empire. I'd like to see something like that, like a a big initiative, like Shadows of the Empire again. Yeah, that was in so so cool at the time. Yeah. That was be great. so smart to get people buying into the books, the comics, the video game, getting it all working yeah. together. That was so smart of them. And there's there's not enough of that. And with, with yeah. Disney owning all of that, there's I don't there's not much excuse as to why that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Oh geez, we got another video game coming in the fall too. <laughs> and fall the comic series to tie into that. Yeah. So well, I much. mean well, there, there, I guess that is that is some of that, right? Yeah. Some of that Shadows of the Empire stuff. But more. Give us more. We're greedy. We want more. Give us more. Yeah. Some future episodes, listeners, might be just me and Kyle reading um, because <laughs> we're not going to have any time. <laughs> so, All you hear is just like the the page yeah. turning every few few minutes. Yeah. Episode like five is just going to be us watching The Mandalorian. Oh, oh, that, that, that had to hurt. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we have we have dredged this topic enough. Um Overall assessment of the new canon, I think we did our comparison, but I, I'm happy with the new canon. I'm enjoying it. I like the character dives, uh, but I can't help but feeling like I want a little bit more in terms of consequence, impact, and importance from the stories. What, what's mm-hmm. your final say on, on our status of canon today? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I get overall, I mean, there you, you can poke holes in anything and, and no, no line this big is going to be perfect uh but overall i've i've really enjoyed it and i enjoy what they're doing i agree that it'll be nice and i think they will but it'll be nice when we get a little further in and a little further past um the skywalker saga to get those big events of consequence um like i said i I, i'd really like more character crossover uh cross-pollination i think I think that would be great. And it and it would, you know, people say that that kind of stuff can make the universe feel small. But honestly, it's it's a very small segment of the universe that I care about. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and in, in a universe where a boy meets a girl who he has a crush on and turns out to be a sister. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, and uh, oh, oh, and the and the big bad guy who's tormenting them turns out to be their dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Things well, it, can feel it's small, like, but that's but. the thing. It's like you've got you've got so far we've had three 
big wars. <laughs> and it's like, if there's a, war, a, a galactic-wide war, everybody's going to be involved in it somehow. So <laughs> it's going to feel small. You know, it's easy to for a lot of different people that normally wouldn't interact to be involved with each other in a war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's that's another tirade I could go on. Yeah, I mean, all this being said, we, it's it's fair to say that we, we're pretty well-fed and spoiled as Star Wars fans. We, we have very little to complain about, but, uh, you know, if, if they're in the, the business of pleasing their customers, I think there, there are ways that they can tweak and do a little bit better here and there. But that said, I'm happy. You sound happy. Uh, and so let's, let's just build from there. Yeah. Well, when, when my wallet <laughs> is suffering as much as it is <laughs> to keep up, I'm, I'm glad that most of what we get is of, of, is of great quality. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is just being thrown at the wall here. This is, it's all being yeah. carefully considered. Yep. All right. Well, I think that that'll do it for episode one of luminous beings presented by tumbling saber um nathan tell people where they can find you anywhere on social media uh hang out in the uh, facebook group the tumbling saber facebook group and i'm on twitter at naf roberts um and i'm on instagram too but i don't <laughs> post a whole lot i, I, I definitely like don't me. i definitely don't post about star wars in there so twitter and facebook are the best places Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you can find me as well. Oh boy. It's that time, uh, on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) at tumbling saber and in the tumbling saber Facebook group. All right. So that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, we'll catch you in the next episode, which is coming soon of luminous being. So stay tuned for that. And until then, may the force be with you. Bye-bye.